0: this episode, I'm talking with Mark Lambert, owner of Australian business Go EV, a distributor of EV charging products. Mark has 20 years of experience in the import and distribution of technology products with his successful audio-visual production distribution company, Corsair Solutions. Hello, Mark. How are you? Good, Good, uh, thanks for taking the time to have a chat.
1: No, no problems at all. I'm just actually... Uh, you might be able to hear my dog. So this is a great. Yeah, start, great start to the thing. Uh, I have to let her out, otherwise she can climb. It's lovely. It's lovely and sunny here in Melbourne. Um, and so always is, uh, isn't it? Always is in okay, Melbourne. I've, I've, <laughs> for, for the next 15 minutes, she's going to want to be outside in the sun. Yeah, that's I'm, fair I'm enough. sure it'll rain, and then she'll want to be inside. We'll have a latte.
0: Maybe we could just talk a little bit about your um, the EV side of things, because you have yep. quite a lot going on, but maybe just explain a bit more about that for a bit of an overview.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for the last two and a bit years, I've been um, building up the Go EV business, which is um, representation of, of high-quality EV charging hardware. I started that with a, a company called Sinexcel, based out of Shenzhen in China. Uh, they're one of the biggest DC Fast charger manufacturers in China. They work with some really large uh, and influential players in that market, like Shell, BP, BYD, and so I, I've been, I think, relatively successful with a number of uh, decent-sized projects. And and you know, obviously, the uh, the the building of an image of that of that uh, brand in this country as a as a viable, reliable supplier of that sort of equipment. Um, we, we've, uh, we've been lucky enough to be involved in the, in the Gippsland region of Victoria with their, their project, um, which included 12, uh, SinexL DC fast chargers and, um, and a number of much smaller, um, projects, but, um, you know, very important to, to get them all of course. Yeah. How did you actually get started? Because it's sort of a... Yeah. So I, um... I approached a, a few a few companies that looked like they were making some decent products, and uh, but Sinexcel uh, really stood out as a as a very high quality manufacturer um, of power electronics equipment. They're an expert in power quality products, uh, harmonic filters, and so on. So I thought that their background in high quality electronics uh, really. Sp- Stood them in good stead to make a great EV charger.
0: Um, how do you sell to your clients? Because you're not selling to consumers, are you? You're selling to, no.
1: yeah. So I'm Cause... I'm selling to um, to electrical contractors, uh, EV charging hardware specialists, um, solar, uh, you know, solar companies. Basically, if they've if they if they're a trade customer working in the electric vehicle charging space, then then I would like to be talking to them, and, and yeah. that can be. You know, CPOs as well as um as straight contractors.
0: What do you sort of um just for like when you're selling it? What you know, like car, you go, you know, it's got this, this, and this. How do you? What are the features?
1: Oh well, what do you, I mean, you explain. In, in reality, I mean, the important things are um, obviously the the capabilities of the charger itself. Yeah. Um, the cell charger has a, a wide uh, voltage range, wider than uh, most others, up to a thousand volts. Whereas, you know, there are some that are even limited down to 500 volts, which means that the new 800 volt cars can't take advantage of that native voltage in the system. But also scalability of, of designs in the future, including trucks and buses, which might have between 600 and 1,000 volt um, architectures. So we can, we can cater for all of them and, and that the charger can output full power between 300 volts to 1,000 volts. Yeah. So and that- I mean, there are there are a lot of key, I guess, technical components to this to the sales process for for an EV charger, and then obviously there's really important things like reliability, uh, who's responsible for service and maintenance, uh, where are the where are the spare parts, and obviously we we take responsibility for a lot of that by keeping spare parts in Melbourne. We work with the the company that's doing the installation and and so on to um, to ensure that the customer's serviced. Just one of those
0: concerns people always have, isn't it? It's like, absolutely, is the charger actually going to be working?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's almost uh, more important than the than the the charger selection. Obviously, you don't want to charge the charger that's going to have a reputation for being of poor quality and unreliable, um, which you know has happened over the last few years. But you know, the fact that there's someone there to back it up is is a really key thing. How
0: does FreeWire Boost help with the
1: rollout of ultra-fast charging? Yeah, so um, FreeWire is another brand that that we're working with. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing some really exciting things in that space with the likes of the NRMA. Basically, the, the absolutely key thing for the FreeWire Boost product is that it has a battery inside. And that that battery is um, charged off a relatively small connection to the grid. In order to get a 200 kilowatt charger, say directly connected, like a L or an ABB or a Tritium, you need 300 odd amps of grid connection. And that might not be possible in a lot of locations, um, small towns far away from from the from the transformer, and so on. So uh, to be able to not have to bring such a large connection in or if you can use an existing connection to increase the charging power like you might have a 50 kilowatt charger in a location and we can actually replace that 50 kilowatt charger electrically with two free wire boost chargers so then you get four plugs and ultra fast charging off the same grid connection that you had a relatively small charger before it's really important for probably at least I would say, the next five years whilst we're coming to grips with um, new power requirements for um, for EV charging. But I'd say, look, ongoing, it's a really great way to, to soak up solar through the day, put it in a battery, and be able to dispense that back into cars in, in, the, in the evening and night. But it solves a lot of problems with constrained grid requirements and so on.
0: Yeah. And like just Australia overall, it's just sort of, I've heard a few people say it's just sort of kicking off, really. It's got serious recently compared to a few years ago. The whole oh, absolutely.
1: Change. Look, with the change in government came a whole new change um, in attitude towards renewables, climate action, uh, and electric vehicles. And obviously, you know, that's what we're here to talk about. So uh, sales of electric vehicles have, have skyrocketed with some new... Um, EV-friendly policy in the in the um, in the country, so there are a lot of tax incentives for people to take advantage of uh, to buy an EV. And uh, I think it's we went from three point eight percent to now like nine percent of new car sales every month um, are EV. So it, it is a really big increase over the last sort of eighteen months.
0: Just on the charges, how does the size
1: of the charger affect the speed of the charging? okay. So I mean, look all in all, um, for a charger to be able to the DC fast charger specifically, to be able to charge a car faster, it needs more rectifiers, which are the power like the 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 power electronics that convert the AC grid connection to DC to go into the car. So in order to do even faster charging, you need more of them. And so, If you have a 60 kilowatt charger, you only need 60 kilowatts of rectification. And so that only has to take up a certain amount of space. But if you want to do 240 kilowatts of charging, you need four times as many rectifiers. And so that's why bigger charges, faster charges are generally bigger. But then as charges get faster, we generally look to other ways to store those rectifiers. So that's where we have these satellite systems like you see with Chem power and Tritium and Sinexcel and ABB. When you get into ultra fast charging, you don't generally store the rectifiers in the actual charging satellite unit. You store them in the power unit, which is closer to your, you know, your your E V distribution board. That basically is why a charger with all the rectifiers inside just gets bigger and bigger and bigger the faster you want it to go.
0: And I've been um sort of seeing you, you've been at a lot of events. Yeah. Sort of, sort of some of the recent events you've been, I've seen you all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. That. So
1: uh, Go EV participated in four uh, trade or other ex- um, expos this year. We did fully charge live in Sydney in May. And that was um, that was really great. I, I see a part of uh, the responsibility of people in the industry is to really educate consumers to make them understand what owning an EV is like. So, Fully charged live was definitely um, in in um, in part, you know, a community service. Um, you know, we don't do a lot of business in AC charging right now, um, and and we definitely don't sell directly to consumers. So our ability to extract revenue from that that event was was diff- you know it's it's not traditional for us. Uh, however, coming into July, we did Energy Next. And that was a, a really nice, a really good show. And um, we got some really great leads out of that. And that was also the first uh, show that we did where I, you know, had a, a new employee. So I hired a, a woman named Tina uh, to do sales for me in New South Wales. And she joined at the start of July. So it was really exciting to bring her to a show and to talk to customers on masse about EV charging. Then in October, we also did eMobility Live in Sydney and All Energy Australia in at the, at the end of the month. So it's been a really busy year and we've spoken to so many people about all the different pain points of, of getting EV charging going in their, whether it's in their business, you know, in their local government area or even, you know, even broadly, you know, the whole country. You know, when we're talking about companies like the NRMA who have, you know, a very big project uh, in conjunction with the Australian Federal Government to deliver charging all over the country to ensure that we have access to multiple operators and multiple brands of chargers in appropriate locations. And then also in places where you can't get charging at all because there's no grid. So they actually have developed a a skid that goes on a truck and it has chargers and battery storage and a solar array. And yes, even as the ultimate last resort, a small diesel general is there a small diesel generator that can produce as much power as we need for EV charging no, but it has a diesel generator because in the end if you're in the in the middle of the outback mm. and the battery's depleted and it's at night then someone turns up really they need to continue their journey as well and so getting them a charge is more important than whether or not that one charge had a zero carbon footprint and mm. that's why that's there. Then no one's going to care, are they? Well, it's funny because <laughs> because there are people who think it's ridiculous, but and oh. they post all over the internet about oh, it, yes. but yes. But there's there a way bigger picture at play when you're talking about providing this sort of infrastructure to ultra regional areas in Australia. Because, mm, like, Australia
0: is very big, yes, well, it's a sc- compared to New Zealand.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I actually did that drive um, in May. So if you want to talk about some other event that I did, I drove to Uluru in my Model X with my three kids and a Starlink satellite internet connection off the back. And, you know, we drove and we did the, you know, the hard, the hardest Probably, you know, other than going places where you have to charge off, say, a small solar array or a generator in the middle of absolutely nowhere. It's a pretty hard drive, really. And it was a great experience for me to to effectively learn firsthand what it's like now so that we can learn how we can improve it. People don't want to um, charge for three and a half hours in the middle of the day in order to continue their journey in the afternoon. So if we can turn that equation from three hours in the morning Three hours of charging and three hours in the afternoon to three hours in the morning, forty-five minutes to an hour, and then three hours in the afternoon. It's actually a much more palatable journey, um, and it'll allow people to drive the you know the the width and and length of Australia in an EV.
0: So You're working with China. How does that sort of the China EV compare the setup with charges compared to Australia?
1: Well, I saw some. I mean- so I yes. went to I went to Shenzhen in um, in late June and toured the factory. I mean, the scale is just astronomical. These top manufacturing companies in China are just they do things at, in sizes that we just don't have over here. You know, maybe I guess uh, in mining, you know, we have mining in the scale that no one else does. They have manufacturing in the scale that no one else does. So the other thing is, I mean, you can get you can get products at the full length of um, the quality chain will say in China. So if you want something for fifty dollars, they'll make you something for fifty dollars. But if you want the same thing for five hundred dollars, they can do that too. And they'll do it at the top quality that you can expect in the world. Because, you know, they, they can do it. And that's what you get with Sonic Cell Chargers is you get a company that has the experience of working with the biggest names in the world and hitting quality, you know, and um, you know their processes are, you know, really good. So that they're they're testing them for you know in big rooms, thrash testing these power modules to make sure that the ones that don't pass quality don't make it into your you know DC fast charger. So it's incredible what what they are doing over there.
0: And just like going to the charger, I mean, but
1: the station is huge as well, aren't they? Some yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sinexel delivered in conjunction, I think, BYD the the 258 plug ultra fast charging park in Shenzhen Airport, which is the biggest in the world. And it uses technology that you can also get in a relatively cost effective 80 kilowatt charger because it all comes back to the rectification, the, you know, that power module. That's the that's the core of of an EV fast charger. And you know, it uses the same interfaces and the same configuration. So all the work that they go to for anyone all filters back into the, every other product they make. And that's, the, I think, a great thing. Just let me back in Australia. What does what
0: your customers, what do they want to know? What sort of, is there a common question they ask you when you go to those events is there sort of a couple of,
1: well, they want to know. Uh, I mean, some of the key things are, you know, what models do you have, and if you're talking to someone who wants to put in uh, even a DC fast charger for their company fleet, you know, want to you want to know how long people are, uh, you know, waiting there to, you know, if they're if they're coming in for two hours for a meeting, what type of charge is suitable for them. Um, are you providing services for customers when they come in for meetings? You know, and, and it all comes back. It's all, it's all consultative, you know, because everyone has needs and they want to make a decision that makes the most sense because, of course, you could put in a 200-kilowatt charger for them, but it might not provide them much benefit and it will come at an extraordinary cost. So in the end, our shows are always about talking to um, these customers and, and asking them questions about their needs, and and what suits them most. Some of them, they all want to know about price. I mean, in the end, we give them a, a an indicative price for what they might be looking, you know, to pay for one of these charges. So that when they go to an electrical contractor to get the whole project scoped, you know, there's no surprises. They don't want to go down the road of going, you know, and engaging a contractor and then find out that, you know, they're not even in the ballpark. But, yeah, it really comes down to making sure that the, when the customer talks to us that they get enough information to, to make good decisions about EV charging for their scenario, and you know, whether it's government fleets or could be vans for delivery companies or trucks for delivery companies, how much power they've got available to them in order to achieve it, to help them understand the value proposition for a free wide boost, for instance. You know, they might not have available power to put in multiple bays of of 200 kilowatt charging, but they might be able to do that if they achieve it with a battery integrated charger from FreeWire. So yeah, that, that's, that's sort of the way we go about it. It's that we're really asking lots of questions of the, of the customers in order to, to get them um, most comfortable with what their plan for EV charging should look like.
0: Yeah. It can take quite a while. to Get it actually installed kind of with all the different sort of layers involved, isn't it?
1: Like if I said, I want oh. one today, yeah, it look, I mean, we're we're pretty fast and we can have someone a charger of any type basically in eight to nine weeks, even if we don't have it in the country. So if we we do keep some stock in the country in order to support the the someone who does want something straight away. But then obviously they'll be making a decision based on what we have available in stock. But if they want something very specific, then we, we can, you know, put it together and they want to go ahead, then you know, we can introduce them to one of our partners who can then do all their site um inspections and and um give them a quote for works and and you know from there it's kind of similar to procuring anything um in place and order the the goods are made they're sent on a boat they arrive and then the, the project rolls ahead.
0: Mm. Just for the uh just the common consumer if, what is this sort of key things so maybe someone's just about to buy their EV and they're thinking,
1: oh, what we gotta do with the charging is this sort of key points for charging um the basic consumer i be think we are I, I always say that um i have not now met many people that haven't gotten rid of their charging anxiety after they've gotten the car so they all worry about it before they get their car they worry about where they're going to charge the fact is they can charge from home off a 10 amp socket if they need to and that's that's probably the key is that the availability of fuel energy is everywhere. The idea that there's not enough DC fast chargers out and about in the world is probably a reasonable uh, depiction of, of what it's like now, and it will get better. But in reality, people should be looking to charging from home because it's cheaper, it's more convenient, you don't have to worry about even going to a DC fast charger most of the time, because if you just top up every night even, just to 80%, like everyone says, then you'll have enough for most days. I mean, there might be a day you have to drive further than that and researching where your fast charger is, is required still, um, but it's not the end of the world. And it is, it is a, a really, it's definitely um, something that people who then get their EVs learn very quickly is that they don't they don't have to be worried. Range anxiety is not even a worry anymore, let alone charger anxiety. When you go on road trips, there's preparation required still and that's that's the key thing.
0: Hmm. Okay. And is there any other sort of key points you wanted to, to mention about the charging or just um, the EVs in
1: general? Well, I mean, on charging, I mean, basically, everyone's working really hard to bring more charging faster all over Australia. I mean, I know they're doing it in New Zealand as well. Yeah. So, But, you know, there, there are a lot of really good people in the industry working hard to bring charging to more places, and and you know, hopefully, you know, we can get there quick enough to to alleviate, the, you know, some of these pain points that have existed, you know, in the US and the UK over the last couple of years that you might have seen on TV or in a newspaper. Just be patient with everyone that's that's there. Um, you know, it is it is a a great thing. It's a great driving experience. It's um you know, take the time when you're charging to go and find a local operator of a cafe to. To buy a bit of food and the coffee from. Don't just sit in your car and read your phone. Use it as an opportunity to to explore. You know, you're gonna probably charge for 40 minutes. You can get a little walk-in. It's it's a nice it's a nice thing. And I I mean I used to operate a charger out the front of our office um, before we moved this year. And um, that's what a lot of people do. We're right next to a lovely creek. And if the weather was nice, people would just go for a walk. So, you know, whilst everyone's very focused on faster, 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 at this point in time, it's probably important to just take into account that, you know, it's not 10 minutes to charge a car to full anymore. Not like, not like petrol, but it doesn't smell and you don't have to go to a petrol station. Anymore. You yeah. can just do it at home on 99 out of 100 days. Yeah, that's really good. Any other things
0: you want to mention? No,
1: I think I think that as long as people understand that there's no, I don't think there's any need to, to fear. Most of these cars can drive 350, 400 Ks without needing to charge and that's, that's well within the scope of even most people's road trips. So I think it's really, really key to understand that people should be buying EVs as their next car and that, and that most people's anxiety about EVs goes away once they've got one. Because it's actually nowhere near as hard as anyone thinks it is. That's probably a good point to finish on. All right. That was cool. great. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me.